Hi everyone, I'm Laura Blair. And I'm Abby Blair. And you're listening to Grown Up. Today we're going to find out whether we're alcoholics. We want to know what happens if you drink just a little bit too much and what we can be doing if our drinking is out of control. So today we have on a really lovely man called Mark Holmes who I found on a dating website. That's not true. <laughs> Where did you go to? <laughs> I found on a website called Drink Coach. Now, Drink Coach aims to assist people in drinking less, and Mark is one of the team members who helps people to track and change their drinking. Drink Coach aims to assist people in drinking less, and Mark is one of the team members there who helps people to track and change their drinking. Ironically, guys, today I'm sat here with a hangover after four days of solid drinking. What not to do in life, but ironically, we are A, sat next to a drink cabinet full of drinks it's insane like we walked in today in our new studio and it's full of alcohol ready for mark yeah and we have an alcohol coaching abby told me and i was like um coming in with a hangover it's like i hope he's not an alcoholic because he might just be like grabbing at the drinks that'd be awful wouldn't it so i spoke to mark yesterday and he told us to take the test on his drink coach website and it, this is like a World Health Organized approved test. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be re- revealing our test results and discussing what they mean with Mark. So we're going to basically find out if we're alcoholics. Yeah. Abby thinks she might be one. <laughs> I've got a fear that I'm an alcoholic, like a low level alcoholic, not like a like wet yourself, from it everywhere type alcoholic. I always find when you go to the doctors, this is sort of probably because you're Oh, they make you there. tick a box. Yeah, they make you tell you how many units you have a week. And I'm like, it depends on the week. Ooh, depends, what week? Depends what? my mood. Oh, it's my birthday <laughs> week. I'm going to drink more this week. It's very difficult. So yeah, should we bring him in? Yeah. So Mark, let's delve right in. Could you tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how you got into being a mental health nurse? Yeah, um, I was initially into catering. So I was a chef. So I'm a qualified chef, actually. Ah. Uh, so I did five years at catering college. Um, and I did, so I did two years doing what they used to call a B-Tech, when B-Techs were a bit more fashionable than they are now. Yeah. Um, and then went straight into Huddersfield Poly to do hotel management. Okay. Um, went straight into the second year of that because you can skip the first year if you've done a, a B-Tech. Yeah. Um, but went straight into the drinking culture of a... Of a Sort of, of a polytechnic as they were there. Okay, so you were a drinker? I could put them away, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are I, you still uh, a drinker? Yeah, I, still, I do still drink alcohol now, but I, I used to morning drink. Uh, oh, did I, you? I used to have withdrawals and things. So like was that. this while yeah. you were a student? Yeah, I was a student, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was a difficult time. I, I always struggled with confidence, actually, and that's probably where it came from more than anything. Yeah. I got bullied at school, so there's a bit of trauma there about being bullied at school. Um, so I was used to get bullied so bad at school when I was 15 that I used to see the reflection back of, of a of, my face used to distort and I used to get a, that kind of feedback that I had some kind of abnormality so it was really quite a, a lot of bullying going on Aww. Uh, yeah so the first and so it really not my confidence so the, the first girlfriend I had was when I was 19 really yeah so it was kind of that it really kind of hit home and that's the time I was drinking quite heavily as well so yeah. actually yeah uh, um, so I, I would say that I've I've got lived experience of yeah. of drinking heavily. Were you drinking before the girlfriend to get the girlfriend, <laughs> or did the drinking start no, with the girlfriend? My wife might be listening to this. The no, the it was. I, I think probably the alcohol use was reinforced by then a potential the of me relaxing, giving yeah. more self confidence, yeah. and therefore the, the the sensation of drinking alcohol gave me more confidence, and therefore it was able then to sort of that that turns into. Uh, I suppose being more successful with women so it was yeah, kind of, of positive reinforced so yeah. did you think you needed it? 
I, I, I've, there's a there's a line in Whiskey Galore, which is a famous film about alcohol, and it and it's, it says some men are born one dram short of a the other, i.e. that they, they feel better with alcohol on the system. And I've got to admit, that's how I felt at that time. I think a lot of people drink yeah. to make themselves feel more confident yeah. in like a social situation. Yeah. Like they whack that first drink down, don't they? Yeah, yeah. just yeah, to, exactly so they can like like, that. like when I was now you've said that I'm like yeah. oh my god that's me. Yeah. Um. When I was 14, I had my first kiss and I was drunk. And I couldn't kiss someone unless I was drunk. Yeah, that's interesting. I've yeah. progressed since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kiss everybody sober. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. And also when we, we used to go out a lot, didn't we? In like Mayfair. And I would go and we'd all be wearing like little bodycon dresses and we were in our early 20s and it was all about like looking the best that you could possibly look. And I, we used to go in at like 11 p.m., which was actually really early, and no one would really be there. And I would feel like I need to drink because I feel so awkward. And it was only when I was completely wasted that I would enjoy the night and arguably not really enjoy the night because a lot of the time you couldn't really remember it. We were saying, I think the drinking culture in our early 20s, it's almost acceptable to get absolutely sloshed. Yeah, it's like um, promoted and it's like a good thing. It's like if you're sober, it's a bad thing. Yeah, 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 I think that, so. I think there's a societal thing there, but there's, 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 that's that's the thing with alcohol. This is what I'm fascinated by: it, is that you've all got your own own experience. It's all unique to you. Yeah, an association with it in different ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. I found strange, so I had to give up alcohol um, because of my, I was on Ractane. It's a drug for your skin, so you okay. have to give up alcohol. So I wasn't allowed to drink alcohol on that, and. When I was like, oh, I'm not drinking, when I said this to people, I could almost see the disappointment in their faces because I feel like if someone's drinking and you're not, they feel like you're not up for a good time. Yeah. Whereas you can still have fun. I feel like that's what we, like, as a society need to promote. To alter, definitely. That like you can have fun without alcohol. Like, yeah. it's crazy. And it almost, sometimes I would even pretend that my drink was alcoholic so they would think that... Yeah, to make well, other people feel better, yeah. basically. Yeah, well, the interesting, just all interesting that thing that was. I grew up in a household with lots of alcohol around, and I cottoned on to the idea that it's not just about the drinking of alcohol that makes people have a laugh. And I used to spike my mum's drink in reverse, so I used to uh, get some uh, whiskey. She won't like me for saying this, but she, I used to get whiskey and put it around the top of the glass. And when she used to drink it, she thought there's alcohol in it. Yeah. And she, I watched. She used to get watch it, watch it get more and more drunk throughout <gasps> the evening. So like the placebo effect. The placebo effect, and because I didn't like them drink. You know, you people when you're you know sort of teenage, you don't want your mum and dad to embarrass themselves. Yeah. And I was what? So I used to serve the drinks, and I used to serve them basically placebos. So you've always been a little bit, um, a bit sneaky, to, yeah. yeah. But also but trying to help people not yeah, drink. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like innately yeah. in you. I also I also worked in a bar, and I didn't do this, but where people that was also done behind the bar as well as in a as a bit of a yes. con and people used to say I've put a strong one in there for you they'll take a sip from the glass and because you can taste the alcohol around the top of the glass they'll go oof and, yeah. and then they'll give you a tip and also then you'd oh. take the other person would take the money so that, that I saw that happened as well when I worked behind bars in catering yeah I've so seen that, that a lot yeah. as well <laughs> and, you, and, you see, and then you watch people get more and more drunk so that was another thing that was found interesting not only my own experience of the alcohol it was then watching other people develop around alcohol as well yeah and i found the whole thing fascinating it wasn't just about but alcohol is not just about the physical effects of the alcohol itself there's all the other stuff that's going on yeah the cognitions and the uh and you know, the sights and smells and things and that's what fascinates me about alcohol so you were a student drinking heavily would you say yeah i was drinking yeah i'd, I'd be drinking regularly 12 pints a day a day <gasps> wow. do you 
you think that was normal within the realms of students? Like, is that what students are drinking, or are you a bit? It, I think it was norm. It was normish, uh, but I was probably on the extreme level. I, I used yeah. to watch uh, t- both episodes of Neighbours rather than just the one, so I was there from probably twelve o'clock right the way through. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Did you uh, not have a hangover the next day? They are oh, can't do that again. Um, in the in the when I was younger, no. Um, and that I think that was that 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 was that, that's in itself could be a problem not having a hangover, uh, mm. but they, but I certainly would get effects where I would desire a drink earlier on in the morning so really? so to get going again so I was in that kind of rut yeah. but this was all this was all about being stressed and you know sort of that I think the the trauma of being bullied as well and this low self confidence as well because actually alcohol appeared to me to be solving that I was meeting people for the first yeah. time I was getting a group of friends. And I was part of the rugby team drinking. I was a mascot for the rugby team. I didn't play rugby, but I drank with them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what you needed back then. You needed to read a book called The Game. Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 not the alcohol. Read no, the game. the game is awful. Don't read that book. It's all about pick up things. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, right. oh, really? it's awful. <laughs> Terrible book. Yeah. Um, Terrible choice. But we would say, well, I go out now and I just can't hack the hangover. I feel like in my 20s, I could just get up and do it the next day. Now, hangover is like a near death experience and it lasts oh like gosh. three or four days. Like, it's just not the same. We can't do it as well. It's awful. I've had a couple of hangovers like in my 30s where I've not even really been drunk. Whereas before I was like, I deserve this hangover. Now if I get a hangover, I've been quite, I think quite controlled. And oh my goodness, that can be so horrendous. I had a hangover where I couldn't travel the next day and I was meant to be moving. I had to like crawl across the street to a different hotel because I'd been like, I had to check out, but I couldn't actually travel home. Nightmare, not yeah. good. And hangovers get, we know that hangovers get worse as the years go on as well why is that come to that realization well there's a few factors one is that your body composition probably changes so you lose uh, lose less muscle uh, so mm. you, you've got less muscle normally uh, yeah. so, so there's less uh, the alcohol to distribute around the body but there's also a chemical in the body called alcohol dehydrogenase that's in our livers that converts the alcohol over to another chemical uh, called acetaldehyde uh, and that 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 process slows down um, uh, during your lifetime, so you you you're unable to synthesise the alcohol um, and get rid of it as, as well. That so makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people get the um, some people have got low levels of this naturally get uh, this thing called flush. So when they drink alcohol, they get yes. a red face, and, yes. and that's that that's that reaction. Oh. Um, so yeah. So but but some but the. Other, other people tend to perhaps mix the drinks a bit as well and that can that can happen oh my gosh this yeah. happened to me once i wasn't drinking i put inverted comments wasn't drinking i was just being polite and having a sip it was like a banquet and they were bringing different types of drinks over so there was rum there's beer there's vodka and i was just like sipping a tiny bit of each and then putting it down and leaving it oh my gosh i've never been so sick in my whole entire life listen to this story so <laughs> we're listening i was uh staying at a friend's house my girlfriend's there was no bathroom free there was no bathroom free i was like i'm gonna be sick i'm gonna be sick oh gosh so there was a lovely white kitchen i was like i can't be <gasps> sick in the lovely white kitchen the bathroom's full so i went over the balcony Ooh. this is that like oh. i'm not even saying early 20s i was an adult here oh and dear. i had to be and i had to walk past them clearing up my sick in the morning i was like so ashamed of myself because that was i hadn't even drunk like i think when you get to your 30s you get to a stage where you know when to stop that's yeah. what i've learned anyway yeah like but, i know yeah, when to stop now my mum's friend who's in her 60s got so drunk not that long ago that i mean it was a few years but not that long ago and she was got so drunk she couldn't find the toilet in a friend's house so she weed in the cat's litter tray oh no oh no that's like i mean how do you do that even I imagine like that so squatting many people in have the a story 60s like that. yeah <laughs> 
But I feel like in your 20s, we do this a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's more, it seems to be more acceptable. And perhaps it shouldn't be quite as accepted. I feel like you got out the habit of being sick on yourself quite young. or like I was never sick on myself. I was, I was sick, sick the next day. <laughs> I could handle my alcohol until the next morning. Like, I couldn't handle my alcohol. I was ragingly drunk. But I was never sick. I feel like we public. need to tell the story. The story. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to do this quite a lot. This is sums me up in my early 20s and I'm so ashamed and I've learnt my lesson but it took me a while to get there. Go on, you lead. <laughs> so me and Laura had been on this wild night out that had just got out of hand and we were in the taxi on the way home and Laura was like, I don't feel very well. But it came on very quickly, didn't it? Oh, we... We got so drunk that night. I, I don't even know how it went from zero to 100. I was so drunk that I snogged my ex-boyfriend because I still thought he's my boyfriend. That was awkward. And we got a taxi and managed to get in a taxi on the way home. But then the taxi driver was like, is she being sick? Is she being sick? And I went, no, no. And I was like, well, only on herself. You know, like not on your bag. taxi. It's all in over herself. In a handbag. Oh, that handbag vial. And the next day, because we were so drunk, we didn't know whether we, I'd had to pay £50 or not. So we had to check my bank statements because we couldn't remember whether I'd been to the cash point to pay oh this taxi God. driver for his cleaning bill. And we're laughing about it now because it's like in the past. But at the time, I mean, it's just not good, is it? It's not I ideal. Don't think I, you don't want to be aiming for that level. Like now I very much know how much I can handle. Yeah. Back then I didn't. So it was just an estimation. And when you go to those type of clubs, they just free pour it. Exactly, so you don't that's know. what the problem is. So one, one night's two drinks could be not the same yeah so it's not even like intentional although I when I, well, there was a time when i used to go out and the intention was to get drunk yeah and yeah. people would be like oh we're gonna get pissed tonight and now when i see people doing that i'm like why I can't think of anything worse. why do you need to be drunk yeah abby used to get yeah. bagels in because when she knew i was on a night out i'd be being sick in the toilet and she'd get the bagels in so she'd sit there and hold my hair back for me good friend whilst that's eating a bagel yeah, that's, that's a very it's loyal a grim, friend so you mentioned blackouts one of the interesting things about blackouts and one of the reasons why we ask it uh, you know we ask it kind of generally is that if you've got to that blackout phase areas of your brain are already being cut off yeah to cope with the alcohol so if you imagine when you first drink alcohol your peripheral vision starts to come in yeah. So, th- so uh, this is why people knock knock into people. Really, I didn't yeah, know that. So you, you knock into people, and you get more sensitive to the light as well because your pupils aren't reacting so well. So, you know, when you're in a been a dark, it's certainly in my drinking days as a student. You know, you'd be drinking in the student union, and then you go out to a bright light, and it's woof, it, it hits you. Yeah. And, like everything's on really bright, and that is your body dealing with a toxin called alcohol, the depressant on the central nervous system. And basically, the, the, the more and more you drink, the more and more the centre of the brains have to cope with the alcohol. And in the end, if you drink and uh, some people are more prone to this than others but basically if you black out yeah that means your brain is unable to process new memories <gasps> that is not so, good is it and th- that's why we get really that's why we ask about blackouts and so so, so drinkers yeah. will ask about black blackouts about kind of you know, uh, you know have you ever had blackout because of it's a quite a severe binge if yeah. it happens now some do get now there's no doubt some do get more of a, more than others yeah. But if you have blacked out, you have been very close to it's quite severe intoxication. Really? That's yeah. Okay. Just to lower the tone on the story. <laughs> but sorry, sorry. Like, well, you say very severe <laughs> intoxication. Are you talking like nearly dead? Well, the, the, Just the, to be the dramatic. I, I, had the, I, had the, I had the pleasure of meeting a uh, Mitch Winehouse, Amy Winehouse's dad, a lovely man, absolutely. Bless him. And he was telling me, he was telling me about kind of a, sort of blood ethanol levels and the blood ethanol levels that that can actually. Um, can lead to death and and it's not as high as you think it would be so you know you, you can stop breathing at 
uh, sort of three or four times drink drive limit uh, for some people. So there's there's that kind of a uh, you know that you you have to be really really careful, especially if you've got other me- medications on yeah. on board. Or so. if you're a teenager. Or if you're a teenager, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like. yeah. And then there's other things that affect that that sort of that binge as well. Is that that if you've got an empty stomach, you end up with a spike in your blood ethanol level rather than if you've got a full stomach. So again, the strategy we talk about, you know, drink coaches to eat. This is what people say to eat before you go out. Yeah, yeah. I have a bagel yeah. now. Yeah, bagel, your bagel. Bagel so association yeah. with alcohol. <laughs> yeah, bagels yeah. are the way the bagel, forward. Yeah. yeah, and again, that soaks up the alcohol and it, it stops the, when you drink alcohol, it obviously goes down the throat normally, and, and uh, unless you're inhaling it, which seems to be a fashion at the moment. But What? Uh, yeah, people are using balloons to, have you seen I that? I thought it was helium. No, tell us about no, that. No, no, it's, it's vaporized vaporize ethanol. What? Now, the danger of that is, is, you know, we've got a unit system in this country that actually does work pretty well when people get their heads around it. Um, and you know, the unit system is pretty simple. If you've got the litres of alcohol, you've got the alcohol by volume, um, you've got the answer. So it's, I'll give an example. If, if you're drinking a, a, um, a litre bottle of 40% vodka, there's 40 units of alcohol in that, in that bottle of vodka. If you're drinking a litre bottle of wine at 12%, then it's 12 units of alcohol. If you're drinking half a can of premium lager that's 5%, you halve it, it's 2.5 units. So we've got a kind of measured, we've got an easy system there to look at units of alcohol. The problem is when you're inhaling it, there's no, what's the measure? Yeah, you just can't measure. What's the measure? Yeah, and of course, you know, and the other thing about alcohol is, if when you use that hand gel, you get a little bit of a cut on your hand and it stings. Yeah. Well, what's stinging is the stringent alcohol, it's the ethanol that's hurting your hand. So if you're inhaling it, you can imagine what's going on. I can't imagine that being fun. I would never do that. Yeah, it's a new sort of fashion. Yeah. Yeah, things change, don't they? Yeah, they're, yeah and, and we know that younger people are drinking less as a whole, you know, so we know that the, the, st- the statistics are that young people are drinking less. That's good. That's good, yeah, that's good. But then you are, can look at the reasons why that is, which is quite interesting. And what it, is it? Well, it, doing drugs. Well, <laughs> well, eighth one theory could be that there's more there's more there's more drugs around i mean the, the, the nice theory is i'd like to think that you know we're doing a really good job at getting health education out there on alcohol and i think that is there i think there's a part of that the other the other reason why um on these exit surveys where they're looking at why young people are drinking less is is about the gram it's about instagram not the gram of uh, drugs it's the it's instagram yeah, and yeah. facebook and um they are they limit their use of alcohol because they when you're doing your bagel <laughs> and, your, and, your, and, your, and your taxi, if we go back perhaps sort of, uh, if, you, if you bring it forward to now, there's a chance that that will be put on From Instagram. Because yeah, I couldn't yeah. have done, because we were, so, we're so old that yeah. Yeah. we're doing that. Also suggesting that. Also yeah. suggesting that. This, this is true. Yeah, because obviously if you videoed it and you saw yourself back, you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. Like we never got that chance to see that. So yeah. I actually point. think also if you did see it, it would put you off doing it again. Yeah. Because I think sometimes yeah. you think, gosh, thank goodness there's not a video of me drunk. Yeah, you know, yeah. Cause well, I have flashbacks still of my behaviour, as in, you, you know, I just have flashbacks of, you know, oh, no, when I was dancing like that in a nightclub, and I remember it absolutely rattled, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the bad old days, and it, let alone if there was a video of it. And, mm. then, and then you, and then that video, you could actually have been, you could actually be sort of, you know, sort of, you know, sort of you know, someone could be sort of put your name on it. And yeah, because you you've got jobs on the line and stuff. Yeah. If it gets into Absolutely. the wrong hands. Yeah, you wake up in the morning with lots of uh, notifications saying, oh, looks like you had a good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's another reason why you, apparently it's another reason why young people are using less alcohol. So uh, at what point did you, so you were drinking a lot and at what point did you think, oh, I need to do something about this? And like, what did you actually do to get yourself back under control i i, I failed I, I i withdrew from college so i went uh, so i went to poly i left at christmas i was meant to complete in the may just because i couldn't 
do it. I couldn't cope with it anymore. I, I knew it wasn't coming back. And I was lucky enough then to go back to a supportive family. Yeah. Um, and I guess I weaned myself off over the next kind of few years, really. Like yeah. It kind of weaned, not deliberately. Yeah. Because I didn't see, I didn't necessarily see those. I saw other people seeing a problem, but mm. I didn't see particularly a massive problem. So even though I, I knew I was being kicked off the course, uh, uh, type of thing. So it, it, there's that lack of probably a bit of lack of insight. When you look back, you think, well, it's obvious. If hey, people listen to this now, they're going, you got kicked off the course. Why'd you work more? But actually, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't think it was to do with that. I thought it was to do with more. Do you think about that's a lot of people's problems? They don't realise that they have a problem. I think that I think that really can be a problem. It's, it's easy. Hindsight's a wonderful gift, isn't it? When yes. You, yeah. And, and we'll do this all throughout the life. You, know, you say I'm nearly fifty now, and you so you look you look back at lives. And you think, oh no, I did this then, and you, and it's always a wonderful gift, isn't it? When mm. you when you're 28, you think you're an adult and you can you know you're brilliant. You you, you know everything, and then you, when you get to 38, you realise, oh god. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What I think as well. We all think we're invincible when yes. we're early in, in yes. our early twenties. Right. Now yeah. I'm like, definitely that much alcohol will probably kill me. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could, well, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, if I went anywhere near the amount of soul drinking, it would kill me probably. Yeah. yeah. So how did you get from into the job that you do now, and what? Tell us a little bit about what you do. So I was doing my nursing. Uh, went into the substance misuse field and. I worked in uh, primary care, so in GP land. Um, I worked in uh, in hospitals, mm -hmm. so I did uh, seven or eight years in a hospital dealing with people with alcohol misuse problems. I found that really, really interesting. I then um, worked with people um, who the, the, the system had written off, the really heavy-end drinkers, the, yeah. the people that you, when you talk about alcohol, you're thinking of the Father Jacks from Father Ted kind of character. So, you know, that really... That kind of heavy end, yeah. And obviously, they've all got they've all got a narrative and a story to tell. And there's a lot of trauma in those people. They, they're choosing to uh, making a choice about the drinking um, because of that trauma. Mm. Um, so that, that I found that really fascinating as well. And the idea is that we, as a side sentence, we wipe the slate clean of these people and say we're, we're not, we, we can't touch them. There's nothing we can do for them. And I met, I've, well, I've, 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 um, I've, I'm still in contact with uh, service users who've had liver cirrhosis at the age of 38 and. Uh, they're now 14 or 15 years abstinent from alcohol, doing really, really That's well. Awesome. Uh, and this, this is this would be a person that we've written off. And so you realise you can help people from that point of view. From the the, but then the other question is: so you've got the heavy end people that are in yeah. and out of hospital, etc., and perhaps been in contact with the police and all those kind of stereotypical things you think about around alcohol. Uh, but you've then got the other people that we find it hard to engage, which are your you're, you know, you're working, you know, people of working age, uh, yeah. women. Uh, so in alcohol treatment, um, between six and 20% of people with alcohol dependence don't get in, or are in contact with, al with alcohol treatment. So that means that 80 to 94% of people with alcohol dependence are not in treatment no. in every one year. So we, we don't hit those people. But we don't also hit people, particularly women. So, uh, so a, a, only about a third of uh, people that we see in normal alcohol treatment are women. Is that because there are less female alcoholics, or is that because there are less women that will admit it? I think that I think the, the it's a definite uh, for me it's a definite stigma for women with alcohol problems uh, to come forward, uh, especially the start when they're starting to develop. And there's loads of reasons for that. Um, you've got the societal norms um, around um, around women drinkers. You potentially got some the family, you know, the family network as well. There, that actually, if I've got a young child and I get some, you know, want to ask for help, mm. will the Will take, it away. take my away that's the casual thing yeah yeah you know what 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 will this what will people think of me there's a time thing as well 
so the, you know there's a lack of time you know if if i'm offering you appointment at 10 o'clock on a monday morning that may not fit very well in one either with your work mm. or actually with your with your day-to-day running of you know of you know the of the, ha- of the house you know the, 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 that sounds a very stereotypical thing to do but I think women do have a lot more pressures than men in that area mm. um, and so uh, there's, there's, there's less time constraints and now the drink coach being able to do things online that's the really interesting one because you can actually make an appointment virtually straight away and see one of eight drink coaches you can see the names so you can do a bit of gender before yeah, we get into so. this yeah. can we just explain what it what your company is and yeah, tell what, us about drink yeah. coach yeah <laughs> yeah, so, yeah sorry yeah, yeah. so well, it's run by a charity uh, called humankind and uh the so it comes from a good place and, and i suppose that narrative that i was talking about without uh about you know that we're trying to engage people who wouldn't normally engage in alcohol normal alcohol treatment mm. we're not after people who are alcohol dependent although we will give advice and signposts for those these are people who are um they, they score a certain amount on what we call an alcohol use disorders identification tool which is, is that the, the test that i've done that's the test I, so me and laura have done the yeah. test and yeah. laura passed with flying colors I, did, yeah, <laughs> but I wasn't basing it on this week this week's been bad it's been fashion we can have drank every single day for okay. the past four days including yeah, last night right, okay, <laughs> confession right. here right. what score did you get i got 1.5 but i think based on this week i'd probably be a lot more than that <laughs> okay, right, okay, right. but i go through stages i just don't drink and then suddenly it'll be like right i'm drinking this week then yeah. i'll have four weeks off and then i'm like yeah. oh, i'll drink again this week and this test is like a world health organization approved sort of test yeah, isn't it it's but not like one we've invented and it's, yeah, it's, it's not so like it, a naff no no it's gimmicky it's, test it's, it's 10 questions it takes about two or three minutes um as you've found and uh, and it gives you a score out of 40. yeah so 40 being the most severe and it asks questions about your consumption yeah about some of the consequences of your drinking um, some of the physiological sort of ones as well, you know, about morning drinking, etc. Or if the doctor or nurse or family member have uh, advised you to cut down on your drinking. So there's some consequence stuff there as well. But yes, it's World Health Organization, validated at all. It's used in A&Es, it's used in GP surgeries, it's used all around I mean, lots of different settings. Mm. We're after the people who are just in the middle of that sort of phase, about so, 20 and under. So, okay. so not dependent. So yeah. anyone who's around that 20 and under mark. Okay, that's me. Yeah, so we've got... Uh, <laughs> right, so <laughs> Not 20, th- th- under 20. 20. <laughs> yeah. So we've got, uh, we've, we've got an app, uh, Drink Coach app. Um, so that's all related to this and a website. So the website's where you can take the test. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah. guys, you can go on it and see if you're an alcoholic, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, no, maybe not alcoholic, but um, let's not use that word. Yes, yeah, not use that word. Yeah, I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you for that word. I yeah, think yeah, everyone yeah, who yeah, listens yeah. to this, because yeah. I'm really interested, yeah, yeah, yeah. should send us their scores. <laughs> 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 like, find out what your score is. Mine was 1.5. That's very... Four out of forty, is it? It, As I said, not based on the passport. Yeah. So, well, I won't, won't ask. Actually, no, I'll, I'll tell you. Go, I'm go, happy go, to go. tell you. So, yeah. I did mine, and I found it really, really hard to do because yeah. the question that I struggled with was how much do you drink on the average drinking day, and I was like, oh god, I don't know. And so I just sat there and I thought, okay, I'll go for maybe slightly higher than than what might be the average because I wanted to see how close I was to being an alcoholic. So I was like, I'll just go for like if I've gone on a night out. So I think I put down like, I had like two, I don't know what the, because it has different measures, doesn't it? I had two like Prosecco-y type things, yeah. um, but like the l- larger, but not a, not a bottle. I put two of them in and then I put two double vodkas, even though it's not necessarily what I would drink. I was trying to get like a gauge, which I think came to something like 
6.9 units. Okay. Is that correct? Yeah, Does that sound about, about right? Yeah, you're bingey kind of. Yeah. Right? Yep. So we're in the binge zone with yep. that amount of alcohol. And it came back with a score of... I'd be on the floor when you'd be with the bagels after that. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, I think that's probably more extreme than what I generally drink on the average drinking day. Like I had a glass of wine the other day and I haven't drank since. You know, like it's a bit of a weird, yeah. it's a hard test to do. And I almost then thought maybe I should have got my boyfriend to take the test on my behalf and I'm going to do that to find out what he thinks I drink. Because I think getting someone else to do it for you might be a good move because you're gonna lie probably. Like I got an 11, just so you know. Okay, okay. But I also did the extreme end of things of when I used to drink a lot, not a lot, yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger and I was like, I'll do like what I think maybe I was drinking, but it's really hard to remember because this is probably like 10 years ago that I drank like at my peak. And I got a 26, which okay, was right. dodgy land. Yeah. yeah, so that's how... But even go. 11 was in a dodgy zone. Yeah, so... Dodgy it, zone. So <laughs> Probably shouldn't say dodgy be, zone. Dodgy <laughs> zone, yeah. When you're younger, I think it does sometimes slant to the higher level. Cause I, 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 we use this quite a lot at universities. Mm. And you tend to... You, sometimes you with younger people because they're experiments of alcohol and the more free time on the hand and the, the other thing about one of the, that consequence of your drinking so have you ever failed to do what you done? You should have done the, the yeah. day uh, yeah. the, the next day so th that's one of the dangers with it the, the, and, the, and the other thing is about is um, about being embarrassed about what happened as well and that's mm. about personality type so so some of my rugby chap lads would find it hilarious what happened the night before, whereas mm. I'd be waking up going, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> what, the fear, uh, the beer yeah, fear. The beer fear, yeah, the beer fear, uh, yeah, anxiety. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I, I get that. Yeah. I get anxiety before I even drank. Like, now I'm like, right, don't get too drunk, don't do anything yeah. embarrassing, drink water in between your drinks. Yeah. You know, like, I'm really... Like it's scared same. of being too drunk. Same. Yeah. In I, fact, can I just tell I feel really embarrassed when I'm like, you know when you get to that stage and you get a bit tip, like you can't stand straight maybe or you lose your focus. Yeah. That's the bit where I like have to start. I mean, the, the anxiety is really interesting, isn't it? Because that, 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 that's a word that's crept into the English language. Certainly, when I, I've been dealing with alcohol problems for what, 20 years professionally. And um, we used to, when we used to talk about hangovers, it was always a physical thing. So it was, you know, about you know, vomiting or, mm. you know, a headache or, you know, feeling a hot and sweaty type of thing. Um, but people wouldn't talk about the mental health side of hangovers. Yeah. Um, but I used to always talk about it because it was because it's something that I certainly that I'd experienced that the it was the anxiety. Mm. It was the, the, it's a depressant, right? Yeah, it's a depressant. hundred oh, percent. Yeah, it's a depressant. Remember when it's a depressant? It's a depressant on the central nervous system. But you because of the way it acts on the brain, you get these increases in serotonin and some of these feel good uh, uh, sort of chemicals. Mm. You get that you get a crash the next day. So what I always teach: what goes up must come down, yeah. and what goes down cool. come, must come up. So unfortunately, although in the short term you um, you get a re less feel less anxious when you're drinking, the next day you get the bounce back. Um, mm. And that's the hangout. That is the, the the anxiety. I'm a big sufferer of anxiety. Now that you've said that, and do you know mm. what I do when I have anxiety. So when I've drank far too much, which is nowadays two glasses, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's like a one I'm, on the scale. Two, three is like whoa, big night for Laura. Um, I will go to the gym and do such a hardcore session that it's like punishment. Like I don't know what it is, and I'll get my PB on my bike. <laughs> See, if I had a hangover, you wouldn't catch me in the gym. But, that, but I only do that because yeah. I feel so Can't bad. Move. Like I feel like I'm being unproductive. I feel like I've really let myself down, so I have to go make it up to myself, like to fight the anxiety. I anxiety, guess. yeah, burning off that kind of nervous, that yeah. nervous energy. Because it 
makes me feel yeah. really bad. Yeah. It yeah. makes yeah. me feel sad. Just yes. Sad. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely. So you've got the although you've got depressant uh, depressant effects of, of drinking alcohol, as in, I don't want to talk about that. There, so that is the kind of the less anxiety and feeling more talkative. The, is the the depressant effects of the next day or the day after do, do well can kick in. So this yeah. is the this is the beer the, the and my my daughters use the expression beer fear and yeah. anxiety. And uh, as soon as I heard them say that, I thought, oh great, that's it's actually being talked about more openly. And 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 that's I think one of the uh, the biggest reasons why uh, people aren't drinking as much. Um, certainly in certainly in my 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 daughter's friendship group. Is that they have their fear, the beer fear, yeah. <laughs> like you're like you're like you're reporting. It's kind of been identified as yeah. a real thing. So it's really really interesting how things change for the positive. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish the association with like us as a society, when we think of having a good time, like a party or a celebration, there is always alcohol, and it's like one of the biggest drugs, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. The most dangerous. Haven't more people died from alcohol than any other drug? It's about yeah, it's about seven to eight thousand people a year in this country. So die why is it le- like why are all the other drugs banned? Yeah, oh god, now we could get on. I feel debate. like they yeah. should put, you know, how on cigarette packets they have like that warning where it's d- like a disgusting picture. Why don't not put that on alcohol? Well, for money. For make well, a lot of money from well, it. They make a lot of money from cigarettes, though, don't yeah, they? Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, uh, with the labelling, I think the starting point would be to have the all have units of alcohol on all labels and also ingredients on all labels. Well, it's one of those yeah. amazing things. Is, uh, I know it's odd. We've got a kind of we've, we we happen to have a drinks array there. Yeah, we I do. Know. <laughs> alcohol <laughs> podcast was. It's about alcohol. alcohol, yeah. But <laughs> if you have a, probably someone puts a sore alcohol podcast, we'll get a little alcohol in for them. Um, but if you look at the, uh, if you look on that one of those bottles, there's no, there's, there'll be really any ingredients on there. And I've, I've yeah. always found this fascinating with alcohol is that that we can be, I, I, I don't eat meat. I'm, I'm one of those dirty vegans uh, oh, myself. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, um, but so you know, you you look on what the side of a packet is, and you you, you quite, you, you know, you look looking tell oh, yeah, that looks okay. On a bottle of wine, it doesn't tell you what's in it. You, you, you know, you, you don't, you, if you're vegan, you have to look for if it's vegan friendly. Yeah. But actually, it's not about just being vegan. You don't know what colorings are in it. You don't know, and we yeah. don't, we don't do it's, that with alcohol. We drink poison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's I isn't actually, that crazy. I've got an app. as like a social thing. Oh, let's go drink some poison today. Yeah. And if you if you say no to drinking poison, oh, she's not up for a good time. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, actually, th- we've got the wrong way of thinking about this I think. yeah there's some really good there's some really good uh, like there's uh, sober easters now and club soda that really promote alcohol free nights out mm. um, and I think the Sainsbury's have got an alcohol free pub in London open up soon I think. oh really because yeah. that's another thing when you are not drinking you go to the pub and there's like what do I drink lemonade yeah. diet coke Oh, I could have a J2O like, there's not much of a, like a facility there for like there's not they're not really giving you much of an option to be yeah. sober like I think it's getting better yeah. Yeah. New, New York were really good they do cracking yeah. mocktail in New do York do they <laughs> yeah. go. New York are ahead of us yeah so you got mocktails and then there's some really nice alcohol free beers that have moved on from the sort of yeah. real my dad loves an alcohol free beer yeah. does he yeah. talking about my dad <laughs> or like our par- not just my parents yeah. but like that generation yeah. um, tend to have a glass of wine a night it's like they have the tea, they have a glass of wine. Probably like 50s onwards, I'd yeah, say. Yeah. Um, is that a bad thing? Is that a, like, what is that? <laughs> 
I mean, we're, I'm always very open with the drinking. I'm not anti-alcohol. There's certainly not anti-alcohol. So, it, so is it a bad thing? It, it depends on. I always when people come to the to the sessions, I always look you know, looking at what the reasons are behind behind the drinking. You know, why are, are they doing it? You know, is mm. it habit? Because if it's just habit, if they're not enjoying the white, the glass of red wine or white wine and just doing it out of complete habit, not enjoying it, not really challenged it. It's a, just like a, a kind of normal behaviour they do. The, the other thing to say is that, that some people, because alcohol is a depressant, your brain actually works a bit like a seesaw. So actually the more alcohol you, it adapts basically. So the more you press down on the depressant, the more it then counterbalances that depression with some of the faster chemicals. And that, that's called tolerance. So you end up getting, yeah. getting a, a tolerance in your brain. So that glass of wine doesn't hit the spot anymore. And therefore you can move on to... I'm not gonna lie. Beer. I really so, tried to build up my tolerance this year because I used to. I stopped drinking for four years. Just didn't want to anymore. Just stopped. Yeah. Don't know why. No reason. And then um, my tolerance was rubbish. I was get drunk after like a sip. So I really tried to build it up. But isn't that bad? That you're built. Yeah. You should yeah. just be like. Oh, so I can drink. fit in with the norm and have like two drinks or one drink with like a meal. So. I wouldn't be that person that's drunk off like a sip and like on the floor because yeah. that's what I was. I couldn't tolerate it. And it's interesting because you're really talkative, aren't you? As and as in, that's in a nice way, nice way that you'd, you'd suggest that you wouldn't need alcohol to have a night out. Oh yeah, not at all. Like yeah. I, when I didn't drink alcohol, the only big deal for me was other people's reactions to it because I don't think I'm personally any different except when I'm back in our 20s when I was sloshed. Um, don't do that anymore. There's no big difference between me on alcohol and me not on alcohol. So I just do it to like, let's, it's a nice environment, isn't it? Isn't it? Go for a drink, let's have a catch up. Yeah, yeah. But it all, it seems so wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So it's nothing to do, is it to, is it to do with the taste as well? Or did you, with you, is it or just the... You don't like the taste, do you? No, do you? Don't don't like you? Like she ruins wine with, with lemonade. lemonade. So I might as well have a glass of lemonade. It's outrageous. <laughs> That's, uh, I almost, not red wine and lemonade. I think, <laughs> I think there's this big generation, not generation, there's this kind of trend of like the fitness things, everyone's juicing vegans. Almost want it to become so big that you go out for a juice instead of like a glass of wine. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I genuinely believe that younger people are drinking less so I think it is becoming much more socially acceptable to not drink um, and lot, most when people again in the clinics what we see or clinics, the sessions we see is that, uh, that people aim for alcohol free nights so rather than drinking every night to get out of the habit they'll say I'll have a Tuesday or a Wednesday off and that's yeah. a really popular way of cutting down to stop that kind of because they, they do they're then aware that actually I don't need alcohol to mm. you know, when I'm sat at home watching the telly do I really need that glass of wine? Do you know what's been a big thing for me? And I think if people took this into their lives, they'd understand what alcohol was doing. I work for myself. So if I have a night out, I won't make much money the next day because I'm, I'm hungover. I don't feel my best. I have to be on my A game every single day. So that is the impact that alcohol is having on my life. But mm. most people get up, go to a nine to five and it doesn't matter either way. But imagine... If you're self-employed and you, or you're a business owner or something like that, you've got to keep driving everything and be really productive. But that's our bodies. We should be putting our bodies first, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that, that's really interesting to say that because actually when we, some, a strategy that we sometimes take in those, as long as it's medically okay. Sorry, do, can I just say, so I'm good. so hungover right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on D game today. D game. <laughs> you're here, you're well done. <laughs> 
so the, the, um, the one of the things we uh, the, it's, it's some, some people choose to do in the sessions is to have a period of time off the drink just just to reboot them. Yeah, as long as it's medically safe to do. I mean, obviously, if, if they're dependent on alcohol, um, we, we'd never advise to do that because it's dangerous. Uh, but if if you're in in that kind of sort of like increasing risk drinker, so people drinking. Just Am a, I in that group? You're just yeah, you're, oh yeah, dear. yeah. You're you're in that. Uh, Do you want to go out for yeah, a juice? Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought you were say prosecco. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, you're in. You're you're in the. Uh, you're in that area. And so, and some some so people may want a a week off to reboot, and mm. then they they can actually then it's quite interesting. They they, they have time to reflect. That yes, I actually a, a lot more productive since they've not been drinking yeah. and, and they get the kind of they get those kind of positive reinforcements of keeping off the drink mm. uh, and actually there's, there's some people that there's someone I've, um, I've been, I saw about two years ago and uh, texted me only the other week to say that, she, that she's actually stayed off she decided just didn't want my life was much better without alcohol and I think this is all she she never she didn't go down that line actually she didn't want to go down that line at the beginning it was to cut down mm. but actually in the end she decided actually it's, it's easy not to make the choice actually yeah. staying off it is easier than actually cutting down for her do you yeah. know what, what I think happens that. as well I feel old when I drink alcohol it stops me these days gets me wrinkles so I stop drinking there's, there's, I, mean, <laughs> I mean another another yeah I mean, absolutely the, the, another reason why people are not drinking as much alcohol in, in all ages is the the calories as well in alcohol mm. yeah it makes so, you fat and old well yeah the, well, well there's a there's, happy. There's, no, there's, yeah, there's a thing called a tipping point uh, or t- the tipping point and this, I mean, this is done by Slimming World actually and the, what, they sh- what they showed was that if you I think if a woman drank around about eight units on a session and a man about ten roughly mm. that you'd go past what you call a tipping point and that would be a kind of almost disastrous consequence of events after one well, disastrous but um, where you could actually put on a pound of weight uh, okay. really, so the, it was the if you think about it, on your night out you do you may be doing I'm not, I'm not saying to do this but you have your prinks and then you go out and on the, on the session so you've had your units. They they've all, all got lots of calories in it. Yeah. And as we always say, there's you know, in ethanol, uh, a unit of ethanol is the same of, as you of a, as a measure of cream, as in calories. So it's the same. So and then on top of this, we come home and eat. Exactly. That's that. This is the tipping <laughs> chips, point. So cheese, yeah, mayo. Chips. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you, so you you you're actually then you, you you get the hunger pangs and also the, the you know where you and and your uh, resistance gets lower to doing all all kinds of things you you wanted to do. And one of them is to perhaps go for a quick kebab or. Yeah, a, like Oh, oh, I'm yeah. drunk. And drunk. the next yeah. day you don't do anything because you're so hungover. Absolutely. You spend your time on social media, in front of the telly, or on, you know. So um, it's really unproductive. You don't go to the gym, and therefore that this is where the potentially putting a pound of weight on if you've had gone past yes. this tipping uh, tipping point. And it's, it's, and it's, well, re- it's a, it's a research-based uh, um, uh, part of uh, what, what Slimming World do. So it's just quite an interesting... Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And be below the tipping point on my extreme day that I talked about. <laughs> yeah. This is good, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but I still feel quite chubby. <laughs> <Yeah>. No! <laughs> One of the reasons yeah. why I wanted to do this podcast is because like me and Abby, when we talked about it, we were like, I wonder if we drink too much. Do we drink too much? And I think a lot of people listening will probably be like, do, after this, will be like, yeah, shall I go do that test? Do, should yeah. I change my lifestyle? Just maybe like a question whether they should change their lifestyle. Like, could they make it better? I don't know. That's That was the reason, because I thought it was really interesting. We're good. We're yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We're not well, there yet. I'm on the edge. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Abby may be improved. Words I've, improved. Later. I've improved. Yeah. I've improved. Yeah. I've really yeah. improved. Oh, gosh, I've improved since my early 20s. So much. I wonder, it would be interesting to speak to different people and see what their point is where they think they'd have a problem. Like, for me, I think yeah. I would say I... I would question my drinking if I started drinking alone, but yeah. 
I know some people enjoy drinking. Like, what would be your yeah, what's stopping the thing that what you think? Oh, that's what too would, much for me. Yeah, I guess that. I don't know what would be my stopping point if I'm getting. I mean, I don't drink every day. I think if I was drinking every day, that's an issue. If yeah, and I can always function as well. I feel like I'm kind of under control, but I don't know what I would be like. Oh, that's too much. If people were saying it to me as well, if someone's saying it, sometimes my boyfriend will be like, oh, you drank a lot or something like that. That sort of thing's like, that triggers me to like panic. But he drinks quite a lot as well. More what than would me. be your stopping it, point it, where you'd think, hang on here, I need to sort this out? If it's a problem, if you think it's a problem or someone else thinks it's a problem, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it may not, you may not, you're not, may not see it as a problem to you, but actually if someone else sees it a problem, it's probably a problem. It's probably definitely a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone else yeah. says it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you know, can I just say something? Yeah, so, yeah. Just remember yeah, something funny. When I was a lot younger, my mum, I got went home and my mum always had this habit of like, my mum liked to drink. She liked to whine. She was never like, well, sometimes she was drunk, but she wasn't like a really, really big drinker, but she was probably in her age group quite normal where they drink nearly every day, but like one or two drinks. And she would like always greet me with like wine. And I went home one day and she was like, I've got some, got wine for you. And I was like, oh, she was like, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, do you think you might be an alcoholic? And I was like, if I am an alcoholic, why have you just given me a glass of wine? I didn't even ask for the was wine. She testing you? She, I don't know, but it was like, I don't know if she was testing me, like, let's see if the alcoholic takes the drink, or whether she gave it to me and then thought, I, I, my eyes lit but up. Was and then she, she was like, drinking it too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's the one, another reason why younger people are drinking less is they don't want to be like the parents. Yeah. Which, which, is, which is really interesting. Oh that, that is, that's the thing, isn't it? If, if careful what we say but if you brought <laughs> but if you are brought us in an environment where alcohol is freely available it's norm then we act like a, we do act like a parent so mm. you know, there is that you know there is that there is a societal norm going from the outside but there's also things that go off in the household and what is acceptable and what isn't yeah acceptable. i i think a lot of how we treat alcohol comes from our parents there's, there's a chemical called um when you drink alcohol ethanol is a uh, is 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 a the, the highest grade of carcinogen in the World Health Organization's classification. So it's in there oh with arsenic God. and that, so it's there. When your body converts alcohol over in the liver, it produces this chemical uh, this, this chemical in there called alcohol dehydrogenase, uh, and that, uh, that that goes into acetaldehyde. The acetaldehyde is also a top uh, cancer-causing chemical. So you get that whammy of the ethanol going into your mouth, touching all those tissues, you swallowed it, goes around your stomach into mm. your lower intestine it's all there um so you've got that you've got the ethanol going in but actually then the liver produces this uh acetaldehyde and, and remember you, there's a chemical that relates to it called formaldehyde uh, so the, it's, you, you get the link there that that is another highly toxic uh, uh, chemical for the body as in cancer so you've got that going on but if you put a cigarette in your mouth as well so you've got the ethanol oh, it's crazy isn't in, it that we do this yeah and you're smoking so you're alcohol is also a, uh, a solvent so if you, you know if you see you know, if you want to clean something actually ethanol is quite a good cleaner yeah because it, it absorbs chemicals so you've got a um, you've got something called residual mouth alcohol when you're drinking alcohol this is why if you ever get breathalyzed the policeman or the alcohol worker or whatever you say will say if you had a, a drink in the last uh, 20 minutes because you get this thing called residual mouth alcohol but you then of course if you're smoking and drinking you're putting the cigarette into that residual mouth, mouth alcohol and more of the rubbish of the cigarette has been absorbed into the tissues of your mouth. Oh gosh, we mouth do this cancer. for fun. I say we as if it's like me doing it, but like I don't drink. Well, no, I don't smoke. But um, 
it's we as a society it's the norm it yeah. should it's yeah. so but yet we frown upon cocaine and ecstasy and actually are they as dangerous well there's, there's, there's been some big the big big studies uh more cleverer people than me as, <laughs> as the, yeah, that, 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 that statement just shows it uh, Professor Nutt did um, something I've worked, worked with um, lectured with uh, he did a study which basically gave, uh, gave alcohol as the single most worst drug yeah. most dangerous drug based yeah. on societal economics uh, health um, etc uh, than any other drug um, you, long, shortly behind it, it there was uh, there was crack cocaine and heroin but actually, alcohol stood out as a as the number one problem drug. I always hate society, and like I think we're brainwashed a lot in society. And I think it's crazy that if someone does cocaine, everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And yet, alcohol is so acceptable, and cigarettes are so acceptable. Like, and there's actually not much difference in them. It's as the a legality, drug. isn't it? I mean, there's, there's, the the, the you know, alcohol is legal over eighteen to be served it, and then and the others aren't. So that's there's an accept obviously there's a legal element to that like if you smoke marijuana in the uk it's like oh my god yeah if you go to holland it's like they have it in cafes mm. and it's all fine it's just what society makes you think is acceptable so if anyone's listening to this thinking maybe i need to talk to someone about my drinking issues not that they think they've got a problem but maybe they just want to chat is that somewhere yeah. that is your company something that they can go to yeah the, so the, ch the charity the, 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 the thing with it is if you take the test you've got the app they're, they're all free to use and you get your score and if, if you are worried about drinking and i've seen i've done over a thousand hours over skype so that's that's, that's how we we talk to people on, online so can you can arrange appointment to yeah you're yeah. really a nice guy to talk yeah. to as well yeah, so right. hopefully, hopefully, like, hopefully. hopefully people <laughs> listening will be like picking you because they'll be like oh i feel like i and know it's, him now <laughs> and it's free that's crazy right no so it's no, so this this so the the download is the download the app's free the um and then the the website's free and then if you're the, the, we're commissioning certain areas of the country to work in uh so um it's probably not helpful giving a list now because they may change as yeah. going on. So you you can in the commissioned areas you get it for free because of the, the basically the NHS or the yeah. local government They've funded have it already. Funded it or yeah. if it's not free then there's a there's a charge to see someone like me. And, then and how much is the charge? It's, it's fifty five pounds a session. Okay. And what they're looking at is four to six sessions. We normally aim for so it's four to six sessions of what they call brief treatment. So we so lots of people see just have one appointment actually and two appointments because what they're wanting to do is um, explore their relationship with alcohol. Mm. They may think that they the score quite highly on the audit and actually think I need to check this out with someone my mum and dad were, big big question we have is my parents both were heavy drinkers and I think I'm going down that line myself mm. yes. remember you can if you cut down drinking too too much too quickly you can die you know th this is this is mm. you can go into so if you're drinking very heavily and you stop drinking um, you can go into alcohol withdrawal and what kind of level do you need to be drinking at to be at that point of like that withdrawal will be an issue yeah that's a really good question because it, 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 I've done over six thousand assessments in my time, and it really is a personal, personal thing. So I've had, I've I've had people who've been drinking, bottle of spirits a day, and we've given them some detox meds just to calm the symptoms down, but they've actually done it okay. But that's not the norm. <laughs> that's not the norm. Um, but I've had, I've also had a uh, a, a mature lady in her seventies, and she was having a bottle of wine a night, and she was really. Uh, really suffering, and we needed to give oh, a lot really? of medication. Now that may be. What would the withdrawal symptom be like? So typical withdrawals uh, tend to happen. They can happen when you are drinking, if you know if you're very heavily undependent. So people say the alcohol withdrawal. You have to be careful to think about it. It's when you stop drinking. For some people, they start getting withdrawal symptoms whilst they're still drinking. 
if they don't keep the levels up. Um, and this and this is the horrible thing about alcohol problems. Actually, in, in my other sort of clinical side, is that if you can imagine you're a teacher or come into an office, you know you've got to be productive because you may. Remember, there's lots of people out there that are being very productive despite their alcohol use, mm. but they start getting withdrawal, and therefore, and there's a bit. So the first signs are a bit sweaty, the anxiety. So anxiety, sweats, um, and mild hand, a kind of mild hand tremor. And of course, if you're doing a job, even if I came in here and you didn't want me, you know, I was thinking, oh God, don't look too nervous. Um, but actually, if I was in withdrawal, I may take a drink just to take the nerves. The edge mm. off. The edge off. Laura's looking at me. You, you want to tell that We've story, don't you? We've told it too many times. We've told this story too many times about me drinking alcohol before going to the expatter. But anyway, we're oh, that right? we into that. Yeah. 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 Okay. But then the, these kind of th- yeah. But these things are the, these. I remember talking to a lecturer who said to me that he he drank a certain amount before he did any lectures. Cause it, yeah. And you think it, and you think it, that's not a, it, it, you can, it's not a good thing to be. It's great. Yeah. This is the placebo. Is it called placebo? Because Plas- you probably wouldn't need it. It's just you think you do. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a physical. I mean, there's definitely a physiological thing going on there. Um, mm. But at the same time, it, yeah, it, it's it's about there's a psychological, there's definite psychological effect with the drinking of the alcohol, and the association, and an expectancy. The, the thing that we work with people on is is alcohol expectancies. So if I said to you the word, in fact, this is really this has changed recently actually. But if I said to you, how does gin make you feel? Now people say, well, gin makes me miserable. Yeah, it makes me, that, that's the old thing about making miserable and there's the, the evidence base is that it may make people miserable but that, it's a psychological construct it's, gin is just a grain alcohol that they add flavourings to there's nothing in gin that we know of that's going to make you any more depressed than vodka oh really so I didn't know that it's about expectancies so so there's another there's another log that I won't mention but it but it, 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 it's coined, coined wife beater is it I'm not talking about wedding products but <laughs> But it's, but it's, but it's, 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 where there's no one go there. <laughs> um, but but these 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 they are products out there that are associated with um, associated with um, certain sort of reactions. Yeah, no, whiskey makes you frisky. Yeah, and there's no. And but these these are these are these are false. These are false. <laughs> Randy makes you. Randy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But these are false kind of these are these are just expectancies that are societal, <coughs> and all, but also and they're false as well. There's no oh really yeah. so well, it's not actually like well that. psychologically the champagne true. drunk is that not a thing? Well champagne drink well champagne drinks an interesting one because if you think about when you drink champagne, on a, normally unless you you know not most what normal people drink champagne is a celebration, normally in toasting at a wedding a reception, you're normally very hungry then aren't you? So, because you, you normally, it's normally, you know, you've, you've, had, you've had the service, you think, God, here we go, you know, yeah, thank God that's over. <laughs> so, and um, let's, get, let's get on to the food and the drink bit. So, the, so when you walk into the um, walk into reception, you're given a glass of champagne, you've got, no, you've got very little food left in your body. Mm. So when you drink the ethanol, you're, you're drinking on an empty, uh, empty stomach. And therefore, um, therefore, you know, you're going to get that spike in ethanol um, in it. So that's one of the reasons why it goes even faster. And the other thing is it's got bubbles in it. Um, now, this, this, there's some good theories on why bubbles make you more drunk than not. And one of them is that alcohol is absorbed in the, by the mouth, the stomach, but actually only in small percentages. It's mainly um, actually absorbed in the small intestine. So about 20% of ethanol is absorbed in the stomach. The rest of it is the rest of it goes via the small intestine, or, or well, the majority of it does. And you've got something called a pyloric sphincter. And the idea is that your body, your stomach is a bit like a sausage, and you fill it with lots of bubbles, and, it, and the bubbles expand, 
and then when the pyloric sphincter's opening to feed you, um, it's shooting through. So the actual, it's shooting the ethanol through or the alcohol through faster than it would do. So you get faster gastric emptying. Okay. So you've got this. Um, so, so the, the the other thing to say is that when I mention that chemical alcohol dehydrogenase in your liver, you've also got it in your stomach. So when you eat, when you eat with, um, and you've got a full stomach with, with alcohol, so you've got a full stomach, you drink alcohol, the food and alcohol mix together, and your stomach starts absorbing some of the alcohol, breaking some of that down already in your stomach, and then it goes through to the small intestine. If you've got no, you've got very little food in there, such as when you're drinking champagne, um, it's, it's actually going straight into the stomach. It's not holding around there long enough, so it's going in faster. Uh, okay. So the key is to eat. The key is either not to drink <laughs> alcohol, <laughs> it's to turn down the champagne, but, but eat. It eats a big big one. And, and of course, the, the, there's, other, there's other, other effects of having a spike in your blood ethanol, and that is one of control about, you know, you're talking about your kebab and your kind of, etc. Once you've got that spike in your blood ethanol level, and we, we talk about this in the sessions about trying to find out your kind of tipping point in, in the spiking, you know. That, that some people feel like they lose control at a certain point of intoxication where they find it harder to say. Yes. So, they, they, yeah. so they set off in good attention. After two glasses of wine, they'll be fine. But it's on the third one that mm. they, they they actually then then they struggle then to hold rein it back in. That's me. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. So the tipping. The point. tipping point. Yeah. There's a tipping point of yeah. 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 And and we, we we explore with people about that tipping point. So it's it's trying to look out. Um, by doing drink diaries and a bit of kind of getting to know them about what is that what is that tipping point where you start to feel like you lose control because actually that's a that's a that's an area you can work towards when i um obviously because i work for myself i have to be careful i started if i went on a night out or a place where we were socializing with alcohol i'd buy a glass of wine and a bottle of lemonade and i'll just have the one glass of wine and just keep filling it up filling it up till so it so looks it like, looks like in, my, in my, I'm, I'm almost, almost fooling myself that I'm drinking, yeah. but actually yeah. towards the end of the night, I'm just purely on lemonade, but in my head, I'm still with everyone else having a good time. So I've had a little bit of alcohol, but most of it lemonade. That's been a really good trick for me. That's a great strategy and, and absolutely. That, that's one of the kind of, it's getting over, again, we're looking at what happens in the sessions is that looking at the kind of social norms, as you said, you're highlighting is that it's the fear of ordering an alcohol a non-alcoholic drink it we shouldn't be like that but we have to accept that it for some people it is like that so little tricks of uh, you know ordering a soda with lemon and uh, in a tumbler with ice if you've gone to the bar no one's gonna know that there's no gin in it yeah and you might and sometimes you you know sometimes you you, you don't you never want to lie but people don't question it they might they might say oh you know the, you know for me i encourage people not to lie but if someone says to you oh what are you drinking there you go fancy a summer drink and they'll presume it's gin and tonic yeah and <laughs> i know it's yeah, really yeah. bad and there's yeah. probably a lot of people sat there thinking oh gosh we don't need to lie about this but yeah. it, it, when you're in that situation where you're classed as the party pooper and you're like no i just don't need it it's it's sometimes easier just to fake it yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it's different personalities isn't it i think that's the thing everyone's got that unique relationship with alcohol and for some people they you know you'd encourage them to hit it on the head and say you know for some people they're quite happy saying um, actually, no, I'm on non I'm having an alcohol-free night because I'm struggling at the moment. I'm actually not. They don't have to say struggling with alcohol, but I'm struggling. 
Um, actually, I'm struggling. I'm, um, you know, I'm struggling a bit with mental health at the moment. And and, and people, some of the people I see actually are quite happy about saying that. Whereas yeah. for other people, they'd be going, "Oh my God, no, I couldn't say that." But it's it's about your own kind of relationship. From the other perspective, there's nothing worse than being sober and seeing someone go from like sober to like five glasses down. You're like, "Oh God, is this what I look like when I'm drunk?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's that is the. And they've interest, got the yeah. chats and they're like really gone, and you're just still on that zero. Or you're like, oh, I'm driving everyone home. They're like, oh, we love you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other strategy. Yeah. favourite. Well, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm definitely not going to drink for a while. Yeah, that's really made I me love want the to irony not drink. that it's been a really hardcore week for me. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for listening to us today. If you do listen, send us a screenshot, tag us on Instagram. We'd love to see who's actually listening to us. And I really, really want to know your results on the test. Yeah, so send, send us, us your <laughs> results on the test and follow us at grownup underscore official on Instagram. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.